BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome to Royal Rebounds TV with Calvin and Barry. Just two crazy fans of the Sacramento Kings and they sharing their opinion. So be sure that you subscribe. It's for the fans, by the fans. Whether you chilling on the couch or wilding in the stand. For laid back conversations about the Kings, subscribe here. Staying down until we come up thinking this gonna be our year. We're here drinking beer, talking about the Kings. Be sure you subscribe so you can hear that bell ring. Yeah. Calm down, Jeff the Lefty. We're back. We're here. Welcome back to Royal Rebounds, the Sacramento Kings YouTube channel for fans by fans. The Kings win tonight, 113-103 over the Oklahoma City Thunder. We see Tyrese Halliburton set a new career high in assists. Another good game for Mo Harkless. Fox, Bagley, and Davis all sit again. We'll talk about De'Aaron Fox. We'll talk about Marvin Bagley. Sean Cunningham will be coming on the show next week. And uh, we're going to talk about a couple other things as well. But we'll be right back with your Kings Nightcap. We're here. We're drinking beers. And we're talking about your Sacramento Kings. If you're a Kings fan, make sure you hit that like button down below. And if you enjoy awesome Kings content, please hit that subscribe button to join the royal family with Calvin and I. We put out fresh Kings content almost every single day. We have a show on Fridays where we sum up basically a week of Kings action, about 30 minutes. We also do live streams after every single game. So we would really appreciate it. If you do hit that like button, if you do hit that subscribe button, it really helps a lot with in, or with the YouTube algorithm, and uh, we would greatly appreciate it. This is your Kings Nightcap. As I mentioned, Kings win tonight, 113-103 over the Oklahoma City Thunder. Calvin, first thoughts on the game tonight? I'm glad they won by double digits <laughs> because I was ready to lay into this team tonight. I mean, yes, Tyrese, career high in assists. Mo Harkless, another good game. Kings win. Those are all good things. But, man, they were playing a junior varsity team out there tonight, and they almost oh, let them they come were. back. They were. What's up, Key Kings? Gotham, Trade, Derek. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Cole, I see you there. Mike, Jeff, I don't know if you're still here or if you – left to go get laid as you said whatever you need to do but hey we're here we're having fun and we're talking king's basketball 
Yeah, the Kings did win tonight. It, it feels pretty good. I, I don't want to rub it in, Calvin, but I just got to say I'm 2-0 and when I do keys to the game. You got it the rest of the season, man. <laughs> Hopefully the Kings end up with the third seed in the West. Are, are we rooting for wins at this point, though? Well, yeah, I mean, we're rooting for wins. Yeah, yeah, we're rooting for wins. This team is just so frustrating, man. Like, every time I watch them, it doesn't matter how many good things <laughs> they do. I just get so frustrated watching this team play what's up charlie haven't seen you in a while thanks for joining us on a wonderful saturday sorry i'm a little red today i got burnt at the beach day pretty bad it was it was cold in the water calvin it's winter time i wouldn't know i haven't been in the water in in quite some time actually (laughs) you've been working too hard man you've been working way too tattoos you can't get in the water and that as well um, so, as I mentioned, another great game from Mo Harkless. This is his first double-double of the season and a season high with 11 rebounds for him, 18 points. A couple really sweet dunks for him. That, like, yeah. pull down and oh, over. Yeah. Oh, man. I, I had a lot of fun watching this game. We saw Davion show up again. Tyrese Halliburton played well. But as you mentioned, it's all about the team they're playing, right? Like, this team seems to play uh, up to some teams, down to other teams, we were worried about this game after the losses to the Pistons and the Rockets. But, hey, the Kings win. They're right back in the race for the 10th seed, Calvin. <laughs> yes, they are. They I, sure are. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. Well, but, uh, we'll see what the trade deadline brings us, but it doesn't seem to be a good thing right now. Should we go over your keys to the game, or, or should we do my key? Well, I think we already know what your key was. But go ahead, to you know, to your horn, get it out there. I mean, my key is pretty easy. Uh, basically, you score more points than the other team, and two and zero, Calvin. When I when I do the keys of the game, just that saying. is true. Two and zero. So Barry will have complete control here of the keys <laughs> to the game for the rest of the season <laughs> until, of course, the Kings don't score more points than the other team, and then I'm assuming you'll give it back to me. Um. But my keys to this game were, number one, they had to crash the glass. They gave up 16 offensive rebounds to the Thunder the last time these two teams played. Much better today. The Kings out-rebounded Oklahoma City 47-41. to It was seven apiece on the offensive boards. So they definitely did a better job there. Number two was protect the paint. Oklahoma City is the worst three-point shooting team in the NBA. They scored... 56 points in the paint the last time these two teams played. Unfortunately, Oklahoma City scored 56 points in the paint again tonight. But luckily, no SGA, no Lou Dort. That probably was the reason that Oklahoma City didn't have enough firepower (laughs) offensively um, to get over the top here in this game. And then number three was get Tyrese going early. You know, he had just come off a couple of not bad games, but like mediocre games, I guess we'll call them for what we expect from him at this point. He didn't shoot well at all today, but I felt like they did get him going in a positive direction early. And more importantly, him and Rashawn Holmes were connecting a lot early on. And that led to a career high 17 assist night. We saw him get a little more aggressive there in the fourth quarter, looking for his shot. Um, And, you know, he did enough for them to get the win tonight. Yep, I agree. What's up, Makami? Good to see you. Jim, welcome back. I love your comment here. It's amazing how much better you play when you keep hearing you suck all the time. It also helps when you're playing a shitty team. <laughs> I Yeah, I guess what you mean by that is when the expectations aren't that high, it's easy to meet them, which is totally fair. 
Yep. What's up, Al? Good to see you here. All right, Calvin, let's do box score. Because uh, I like what I saw tonight. I really do. Yeah, all five starters and double figures tonight. Harrison Barnes, another very steady game for him. Leads the way in scoring 24 points, nine rebounds, five assists, three steals. He was a little bit of everywhere for the Kings tonight. As you mentioned, Mo Harkless, double-double, 18 points, 16 of them in the first half, 11 rebounds, four of eight from three. This is the Mo Harkless that the Kings have been needing all season long. Better late than never, you know, I, I guess. Davion Mitchell, another pretty solid game, 17 points, 7 of 15 from the floor. Um, and then Tyrese Halliburton, 13 points, 17 assists, 6 rebounds. He did turn it over four times, but a 17 to 4 assist to turnover ratio is still pretty damn good. 5 of 13 from the field. And the bench, they played nine, uh, four guys off the bench, 9 total tonight. Nobody really had a huge game, but they all were pretty steady. Damian Jones was 7. Buddy Heald and Metu each with nine. And we got to see Alex Len play eight minutes tonight as well. I was just going to mention that. Funny thing is, you look at the the box score here. Alex Len is the only Kings player without a steal tonight. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty wild, man. You don't normally see that. I mean, look at three steals for HB, a steal for Mo Harkless, a steal yep. for Rashawn, one for yep. Davion, one for Jones, one for Heald, two for Halliburton, three for Metu. Lots of steals tonight. True. Kings still managed to turn it over more times than the Thunder, though. <laughs> Kings doing Kings things. Anybody you want to highlight on the Oklahoma City Thunder? I know you like Josh Giddy a lot. Yeah, Josh Giddy. I, I mean, honestly, I really wasn't as high on him as a lot of other guys coming out of this draft. You know, he was as advertised when he got drafted or when he first started playing in this league. Very, very good playmaker. Really high basketball IQ, scoring and shooting, not quite his forte. However, since um, SGA and Lou Dort have missed a few games, he's really stepped it up. And I was very surprised to hear during the broadcast tonight, he's won every single Western Conference Rookie of the Month award this season. Wow. Every single one has gone to him. He's played very, very well. But again, this is what I'm talking about here at the top with, yes, this is a win, but how good do you really feel about this win? Yeah. Because this is an, a Thunder team that is, there aren't many teams worse than the Sacramento Kings, but this <laughs> is definitely one of them. They're playing without their two best players today, their two best offensive and defensive players. Yep. Josh Giddy has played really, really well this year. I don't want to take anything away from him, but he's not a scorer. They let him go 10 for 19 today, 24 points, one of five from three. 18 points for Darius Baisley, 16 for Terrence Mann. I'm not saying that these guys can't do this on any given night, but it's just like there's always the other side with the Kings. It's yep. like how happy can I really get about this win? <laughs> I mean, the the rookie of the month thing or whatever, like I, I couldn't think of a better team set up to have a guy win rookie of the month, right? Like. It's the youngest nobody's, team in the NBA. Yeah, nobody's winning rookie of the year on Sacramento if they're coming off the bench, you know, any of these other teams. So they are set up perfectly for that. And it, it's funny that you mentioned they're missing their two best players. I have to say, Calvin, this is probably the first win the Kings have had this season <laughs> where the other team is missing their best player. Yeah, well, and again, that's because this team without their two best players is so much worse than any of the other teams they played without their two best players. 
It's pretty this wild. Season. It's pretty wild. One thing that amazed me was, so this team made the playoffs, I think it was a year and a half ago with Chris Paul on the team, right? Then they hit the reset button. Well, actually, they hit it before that. They traded for Chris Paul just as a salary dump move. But they have 30 picks over the next, like, six seasons, yeah, which is gross. incredible. And you talk about the talent they have in Lou Dort and SGA. Josh Giddy is going to be a really good player. And the amazing thing is he is their first draft pick since they've tanked or started this rebuild. So to have those three guys to build around plus 30 picks over the next six or seven years is going to be pretty interesting to watch. Well, they're in a really good position for one of the, you know, bottom dwelling teams of the league that they have set themselves up. It It's what we keep talking about with the Kings. It's like, what's mm-hmm. the next move here? Are, are you trying to get better talent on the roster right now? Or are you trying to play the long haul game for the future? You know, and the Kings yeah. are right in the middle of that. Oklahoma city is light years ahead of them. Uh, but it's, it's just, it's just wild to think that like, during this whole 15 seasons of the Kings missing, this team's got James Harden, Russell right. Westbrook, well, yeah. Kevin Durant. Again, that's another thing that we've talked about. They made about it to the finals. And then they're already in this rebuild yes. process with all this talent, all these assets stacked ahead. The Thunder remind me of the Oakland A's version of basketball, right? It's the money ball where, where they – they have paid guys big contracts, but a lot of guys, you know, they move them before they have to pay that contract or they move them uh, while they still have that value. And they end up acquiring all these young assets. They've been drafting pretty well, which, you know, the A's do pretty well. Um, and then the guys go on to win championships and succeed in other places. Yeah. Yeah. And they're again in a tough spot. They don't have the a ton of money. To throw around, which is why they couldn't have, couldn't keep Westbrook, Durant, and Harden together for a long time. But but you mentioned it. I mean, it, it's drafting drafting well and and hitting on your draft picks. That's the reason that Oklahoma City is in the position they are today, and the Kings are in the position they are today. Yes, they the Kings have done a good job drafting very recently, but yeah. they didn't draft Kevin Durant. They didn't draft Russell Westbrook. They didn't draft James Harden, which allowed them to then get people like Paul George and flip all all of those guys for the abundance of picks that they have yep. now today. Yep. A small market team, you, you got to take advantage of – you have to hit on your draft picks first and foremost. If mm-hmm. you're going to be a lottery team every year, you got to hit on your draft picks. And then you have to use those assets in the right way, and you can't let them expire, right? Like everybody got on Oklahoma City – or a lot of people got on Oklahoma City when they traded James Harden and decided to keep Serge Ibaka. Yes, James Harden went on to become one of the greatest or one of the best players in the league. But ultimately, I think that they needed to make that decision at that time. It was not an easy decision to make. Yeah. And you can argue that in the long run it didn't help them because they eventually deteriorated and, and are now you know the team that we see today. But they also have all these draft picks because, like, there, there's a, there's a rhyme for every reason, you know. And the Kings just aren't in that position yet. They could trade for anybody in the entire league if they really wanted to. 
Yeah, they have all the assets. Maybe to do not so. Giannis, but if Giannis said, I want to go to Oklahoma City, they could make it happen. They, they could literally get anybody. I want to give a shout-out to Tanvir. Thank you, buddy, for joining us. Hopefully, you will catch us next week, 8th and 9th. We will be at both Minnesota Timberwolves games. I also want to give another shout-out to our guy, Fred. Fred went to the game tonight. He wore his Royal Rebounds hat. Thank you, Fred. I hope you enjoy that cap. Thank you, Fred. And uh, Shout-out to Tanvir, by the way, in the chat. Yeah. I also want to remind you all, if you enjoy awesome content like this, if you want to support the channel, if you want to support the Kings and, and creators that love the Kings, make sure you visit royalrebounds.com. It's, it's right below here. And you can check out our shop. We got shirts. We got hoodies. We got hats. We got a lot of fun stuff. So make sure you guys check that out. Looks like Jeff the lefty is still here. You didn't leave to go get laid? He likes what Barnes A lot of jokes that we could make right now, but I'm going to save them, Jeff. (laughs) We'll save them until we're here in person. Have you downloaded the Golden One Center app yet? I have not. Have you? I I have it, but I haven't entered in any of these giveaways. Apparently, there's like this new thing where there's all these accomplishments you have to do, and one of them is attend a game. And apparently they gave the code tonight. It is Barnes, B-A-R-N-E-S, all capitals. If you put it in the Golden One app and you do that, that will mark off an accomplishment of going to a game, I guess. Even if you don't go to the game? That's what they were saying online. So (laughs) I I don't know. Check it out. Check it out. Oh, man. Khan. I'm going to call you Khan because, sorry, I don't know how to pronounce your first name. Uh, But I'll give you a shout-out. Shout-out, Andre Nicotina. Khan. (laughs) Goffin. Oh, man. Good to see you, man. Good to see you. <laughs> oh, Jeff, you're awesome. All right. Um, I, I also wanted to give a shout out to my guy, Mark Jones. That's right. He's back. Who? Mark Jones. Yes. He had some awesome lines tonight. He really did. He said, <laughs> so this one's for Tyrese. When Tyrese had 14 assists, passes, set a new career high. He said, dropping dimes like a bank teller. That's a good line, man. I, I like that. And then yep. a second line, after Tyrese has this smooth layup, it's got to be jelly because jam don't shake like that. He he goes to that one a lot now. Yeah, I like it's it. Good. I like it's good. It's good, but he, he uses it all the time. We still got to do the King's bingo. I showed you the bingo yeah. sheets, yeah. but we got to do like a King's bingo during one of these games and see if we can – Check it all off. Maybe you have to like take a shot each one. Or, I don't know. Shot a, each shot one. A beer. Shot a beer. <laughs> I, I don't know. But uh, I think the one question that everyone really wants to know, Calvin, is is who is your king of the night? Man, that's tough. I, honestly, I mean, you know, it's hard to pick against Tyrese with a career high seventeen assists. His total game you know, was really great other than the shooting just didn't really shoot that well. But Harrison Barnes, the guy has played, he's been a rock for them. Like these last three, four five games, another 20 plus point game, super efficient, nine more rebounds, three steals. It's pretty much splitting hairs between them, but I'm going to give it to Harrison Barnes. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, I like what Tyrese did, but Harrison Barnes stepped it up, scored a lot, and uh, he's been playing a lot better lately. He really he's been has. playing great. So we we got to give him some praise for that. Gotham <laughs> says, "Got to use maybe that will get Buddy going." 
<laughs> I saw a meme that was it was poking fun at Kyle Draper because he Kyle Draper, I like him. He just he gets excited in the wrong moments, I feel like. And it was this meme that was like, Kings are down 30, but he hits a three. Yeah. And Kyle Draper goes, okay, buddy, let's see if the Kings can make a run here. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's not an easy job, so I, I get it. But We're going to talk about trades in the next section, so, so just stick with us here, please. We're going to finish up this game recap, and then the next section will all be about trades, De'Aaron Fox injury, uh, and a bunch of other exciting announcements. Thank you, so Lane. make sure you guys stick with it. Shout out, Lane. What's up? Yeah, Calvin's got the bun going. It's a good one. It's finally, finally you reached that stage, right, where you can just... I'm, I'm almost there. Put it back and it's yeah, not... You guys can't face. really see it. I still got a, a bit of stragglers here in the back, but... It's like a bun... It's, pr- it's pretty close. It's like a bun... Uh, what's, what is that called? The, the redneck haircut where it's just all hanging up. A mullet? Oh, yeah. It's like a bun mullet. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah. Well, in that case, I'm glad you guys can't see it. <laughs> it looks good, though. All right. Anything that really stood out to you in the team stats tonight? I know you were talking about turnovers. Um. Yeah, I mean, the turnovers were not good. Like, I don't think anything really stands out to me. I, the Kings did exactly what they needed to do to win this game. They They just didn't play. They played a complete game because they won, obviously, but they should have won this game by more. I, I mean, I, I don't yeah. want to be too negative, but 30 assists is amazing. 13 steals is great. They shot over 50% from the field again. 47 rebounds, 56 points in the paint. They led by 17 at one point. But they just continue to have these lapses, whether it's defensively or offensively. Second quarter was awful. They had a ton of turnovers after a great first quarter. Um, you know, I, I mean, I guess it's like, what can, what do you really, the Kings are a bad team. So it's like, you can't be too, you got to take what you get basically, right? Like a win is a win. I get all of that stuff, but I look across at the team that they were playing today. The the Kings, even without De'Aaron Fox, they're so much more talented roster wise than the team they played tonight. Yep. And in the first quarter, you could see it. They got almost any shot they wanted to. The ball was flying around the court. It was moving from side to side. They were attacking. They were getting to the rim. They had open threes. They had everything. Didn't turn it over once in the first quarter. End up with 16 turnovers for the game. Because yeah. you, you just let this team get back into it. The thing that stuck out to me, and I don't mean to be negative either, but it's the free throw shooting. Again, below 70% again. I I know they only missed, I guess you could say, seven free throws. So maybe I'm just picking it or nitpicking. But even in wins, there's things that you can improve on. And I feel like you need to look at all these things together collectively as a team, and you need to say, okay, we won this game. But like you said, we should have won by more. We can still get better. We can do better. Free throws really stuck out to me. Al, we're going to give another update on Deer and Fox in the next section, um, but he did not did not play again tonight. His ankle is bothering him too much. If you're curious, we posted a video yesterday of our interview with James Ham, the Sacramento Kings insider, and he uh, talks a little bit more about Deer and Fox and uh, his discussions with him. So 
make sure you go check that out and we will talk about that in the next section as well all right so officially 20 and 35 on the season calvin we're right there dude we're right there right right out from the 10th right spot right there right out from the 10th spot i also uh i like the mo buckets nickname did you hear uh, that now, one tonight? Now we're giving him taking Buddy's nickname and putting yeah. it on Mo Harkless. <laughs> yeah. Now, Mo Harkless is the best player on this team all of a sudden. He said Mo Buckets, Mo Wins, Mo Minutes. Mo Problems. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I mean, one thing that we've been really adamant about on this channel is that when players aren't playing well, we call them out. And when players do play well, we like to praise them. It's not a one-way street here. You know, we don't hate anybody that's on the Kings. We really don't. Costa Kufis is off the roster, so I officially don't hate anybody on the Sacramento Kings. But I praise them when they play well, and I'm critical when they don't. So I got to give Mo his praise. He played well. And I'm calling him Mo Buckets for the rest of the he night. He has played fantastic for them these past three games. Fantastic. Like, it, literally, it's what I said earlier. That this is the Mo Harkless that this team needed right from the beginning of the season. And, you know, it's not – I'm not saying it's all on him. Like, there, there's a lot of different factors that go into that. He was in the starting lineup, then he got taken out, then he wasn't playing at all. And, you know, so it's hard, it's hard to get into a rhythm – you know, when, when that stuff is happening or, or when you don't really know how much you're going to play on any given night. But um, the way that he's playing right now makes them a different team. Yeah, it, it doesn't make them a playoff team necessarily or one of the better teams in the Western Conference, but it makes them a much better team. And he's trying hard, right? Yeah, that, absolutely. That He's aggressive. Uh, you know, part of me thinks that whatever leg injury, I forget what it was, a thigh or, or some, it was some leg injury was he was dealing with earlier like this that. year. Maybe it was hampering him a little bit more than, you know, he kind of let on to it or whatever. Same thing with Harrison Barnes, I think, with his foot injury. But it's when he plays aggressive defensively and he can actually knock down an outside shot, you know, you see it him getting to the rim. I mean, that's a a very, very different wrinkle that the Kings normally do not have, you know? Yeah. What's up, Patrick? What's up, Steven? You guys still want the Kings to make the 10th seed? I'm interested to hear why. I mean, I, I'm not rooting for them to lose games. Uh, it's just interesting to hear how adamant you are about just got to make that spot, make the play-in, because just because you get there doesn't mean you make the playoffs. Right. And that's everybody's goal has been making the playoffs. And, and it's kind of been a, a constantly moving uh, barrier. So I, I'm interested to hear your thoughts. Jim wants to talk about Buddy Heald. Another awesome game for Buddy Heald tonight, Calvin. <laughs> Nine points, three of six. He was two for two at halftime. Is he just not getting shots because he doesn't care? Are people just not? Given him opportunities. I mean, normally we see Buddy Chuckett's throwing up 20 shots a game. 
it, it seems like he's just kind of been taken out of the offense recently. And I don't know if that's something that he's doing or if it's game plan or if it's players, but I, I want to hear your thoughts on Buddy Heald. Well, I 20 think minutes he, tonight. I think he's still getting touches. He's not maybe getting as consistent of minutes played as we would you know, normally expect from him whether it was in previous years as a starter or even earlier this year when coming off the bench. But but I, I also think that it's more of a... I, I don't know if maybe he's trying to play within the offense more, but yeah. I, I don't see him taking <clears throat> the, ri- the ridiculous shots as much. This is very recently, you know, like within the mm-hmm. last two or three weeks, two weeks, basically. A lot of times, if Buddy has been out on the court for three, four minutes, and he hasn't gotten a shot attempt yet, you'll see him catch the ball, whether he's two feet or 36 feet from the basket, and you can tell it's as soon as the ball touches his hands, it's how quickly can I get the the shot up. I haven't really seen that a lot from him as of late. And I, I don't know there again, there could be a lot of things that go into that. Maybe it's like you said, he doesn't care as much. Maybe it's, he's trying to play within the confines of the offense more. Um, I, I really, I really don't know. Like, I, I think it, it just kind of speaks to the same thing that we all talk about Buddy Heald all the time with, and that's inconsistency. A lot of times we talk about it, whether it's good play or bad play from him. Yep. But at the same time, it can be just inconsistency in, is he engaged? Is he trying to play within the offense? Is he just chucking up shots? We heard a lot from James Hamm the last time about Buddy Heald and his effort and wanting to be there. Yeah, and and I mean, I think you can visibly see that pretty easily for somebody who isn't really that connected to the team at all or talks to these doesn't talk to these guys on a regular basis whatsoever. You know, he has that kind of mentality about him anyway. Like you you listen to his interviews, people ask him tough questions all the time. And I think a lot of times he gives good answers, but just the way he talks, it's like, you know, you and I live that Island lifestyle. He's from the Bahamas. Like it just, everything kind of rolls off his back. Like he doesn't really care. Yeah, that that's the perception that he gives. I'm not saying he doesn't care. Yep. At the end of the day, but Pat Patrick, we're going to talk about tanking in the next section. We're going to have a good discussion on it. So make sure you stay tuned with us because we got a lot to say about tanking, winning, losing, where the Kings are at this point, and where they should go. Uh, but we're just going to wrap up this section first. Yeah, I mean it, it's. It's really frustrating. I don't know if this is hurting Buddy's trade value at this point or not, you know, but he clearly doesn't want to be on this team. I feel like other teams in the NBA know that he's a good three-point shooter, and, you know, that's not something that you lose overnight, right? Like, maybe there are just crazy outlier uh, experiences in the past, but a guy that can shoot 40% for his career doesn't just forget how to shoot. I mean, I don't want to say the Markel Fultz. He didn't <laughs> shoot 40% from three. But for his career, that's not even related to this situation. So please don't bring that up. But he's he just needs motivation. 
And that's the thing is he's not motivated on this team. He's asked to do things that he's not that that doesn't uh, he's he's not asked to do things that he's good at. He's asked to dribble the ball. <laughs> he's asked to, you know, create for other guys. And that's just not what he does. That's why he ends I'm up. I'm not so sure he's turning being the ball asked over to so do time. that that much on this team, though. I mean, who who do they have to handle the ball off the bench at this point? He's well right now, yes, but he's been doing that well before Davion got into the starting lineup. Yeah, well before. That's true. Maybe he just wants to do more. What did James say? There are certain players that just think they're better than they are. Well, I don't want to criticize James Ham, but every professional basketball player <laughs> should think should think that they are better than they are. That's what it takes to be a professional player. You have to think that you're really good in order to get to that spot. Now, yeah, you you get to that spot and you realize, you know, if you're not a star right away, you realize, oh, shit, maybe I'm not as good as I thought I was or this is harder than college was. But that's still, that's part of the mentality of being an athlete. Yeah. Is I'm, I'm really good. Try to stop me because you can't. You that, got to have that. You got to have the confidence. That's what it is. You really now, do. What, I think what he was saying is that you come into the league and you view yourself a certain way, like Miles Turner views himself as more of a, a primary option offensively, somebody that you can run offense through, run mm-hmm. plays through. Five, six years into your career, if you're not the go-to guy, you're not gonna be the go-to guy. Yep. That's just the way it is which I think there's a lot of truth to that. But the mentality of thinking that you are the shit, yeah, that should never go away for any player. Yeah, you got to be that killer. But you also have to understand that you're not the best player on the team and that you you're to, there because you you're play good to at your certain strengths. things. Yeah, exactly. absolutely. Exactly. absolutely. Exactly. What's up, Sean? Good to see you, man. I'm glad you made it back. Oh, how many air balls the Thunder had? I don't know, but it they was did put a up lot. A bunch. It was a lot. Anybody else you want to talk about on the bench tonight? I, I mean, Damian Jones didn't have a huge game, only seven points tonight, but he played really well in the last couple games. I really like what I've seen from him. Uh, and, you know, he didn't miss tonight. Two for two from the field, three for three from the free throw line. Yeah, got into a little bit of foul but trouble. His – uh his role doesn't seem to be consistent enough. We talk about, you know, the inconsistencies in his play, but you, when you're getting but three you, shots one night, you 10 can, the next you night. You can say that for 97% uh, of the players on this team. Yeah. I mean, anybody that's not named De'Aaron, Tyrese, or Davion, what is their role on this team? Yeah. I mean, you could even say that with those three guys. I mean, yeah, you can in, cer- in a certain way, but at least those three guys know that when they – get out on the floor, they know it's expected of them, and they know that even if they turn the ball over a couple times or if they are missing a bunch of shots, Mm -hmm. they might get taken out of the game at that point, but they're going to come back in. The rest of these guys, no clue. you get taken out of the game, you have no idea if you're coming back in at any point or if you're even going to get on the floor to begin with. You might not even play the next couple games. Exactly. It's so puzzling. It, It really is, like, you know, I, I've been in management roles before. I'm not saying this is exactly what it's like being a head coach or whatever, but one of the most important things when you're a manager is, is clear communication with your staff and your employees. 
and, and letting them know what you expect. I don't know if this is just a, I just need you to be ready. <laughs> just be ready. When you're ready, I'll put you in there. But it seems like a lot of these guys are kind of left in the dark and they don't really know what to expect. And maybe that's part of the business of basketball. Uh, I'm not quite sure, but it, it really does make it hard to be consistent when your role is not consistent, your minutes are not consistent, your shots are yeah. not consistent, your team is not consistent, your coaching staff is not consistent. So it, it just it just compiles on itself over and over and over. Yeah, I I think the the adage of be ready when your name is called. There's a lot of truth behind that in in sports in general, but I don't remember many teams that have had this much disparity in the total number of people that they play and the consistency with which they get played. And I understand injuries, COVID protocols, all that stuff play a big part in this. Like the Kings have missed a lot of their key players for multiple games throughout the course of the season, Mm -hmm. whether it's due to injury or COVID. And that of course doesn't make a coach's job easy by any means. And then you add the fact that they've had two different head coaches this season also, and that is going to change things as well. Well, okay. (laughs) Yeah, I guess Doug Christie counts, but I don't, I'm not, I'm just going to kind of brush that one aside. (laughs) That being said, it's one of the, you know, coach Walton before the season started, he came out and he said, we're going to play a ton of guys. He even said we probably could play 13 guys, but we're only going to play nine or 10, you know, on a given night. Yeah. Nine or 10 on a given night, that's a lot for for most NBA teams. Yeah. But this team has just never gotten any type of consistency all year long, whether it was from the individual players playing or the coaching staff and how they were going to design those players playing. Yeah. I also feel like most teams, when you hear that phrase of, you know, be ready for when your number is called, is on a good team, right? Like, we all talk about those classic Cleveland teams or Miami with LeBron James, and it's like, James Jones is amazing. He hasn't played for 10 games. He came in and he hit these big shots, and he's probably not going to play for another 5 to 10 games again. Uh, You know, LeBron has had multiple guys like that that have followed him throughout his career. But I feel like when you're on a team that's constantly losing games, like the coaching staff has to kind of like shuffle guys, figure out what's working and then kind of go with that. Right. Like, and maybe that creates even more tension and more disruption in guys minutes. Cause you have one bad game and the coach is like, Oh, got to go with a different lineup. Yeah. Got to go with a different player. So it's kind of a two way street, right? Like having trust in your players that they're following the system. It's like poker, right? Like maybe I didn't win this hand or this game, but I made the right move. So I need to keep doing that. Like, I, I love what I saw from you tonight, Damian Jones, and I'm going to put you in tomorrow as well, depending on, you know, what the matchups are. But it doesn't matter that you missed three or five shots tonight. All the shots you took were good shots. I love your positioning, stuff like that. I'm going to continue to play you. But it doesn't seem like any of that is happening. No, it doesn't. And, and not all teams are built 
the way that the Kings are built. You know, they basically have a ton of players at point guard, a ton of players at center, and then, uh, you know, a mixture of everybody in between. So it, that adds to the fact of you're like, as a coach, you're always wondering, who do I play at point guard tonight? <laughs> who do I play at center tonight? I mean, you're, yeah. you're not always wondering, who do I play at point guard when you have the point guards that they have, you, you just stagger their minutes. But center particularly has been a huge question mark for them all year long. Part of that is because Rashawn Holmes has been hurt. He's missed a bunch of games. He hasn't really regained the form that we saw from him last year. And then behind him, it's just a complete guess. It's like, yeah, well, we're playing a team that's got a lot of big guys tonight. So Alex, you're going to play a bunch. Tristan, we brought you here for your energy, your effort, your veteran leadership your hustle, we're going to play you tonight because the, the team looks like they're not, you know, moving quickly or first to the loose ball or whatever. But now we haven't seen him in however long it is. Yeah. I have then the same, Damian Jones emerges. And I you're like, should he play in, more? Uh, fantasy football, right? Like, this year I had so many good wide receivers. <laughs> it's like, who do I play every week? I, I got A.J. Brown. I got Cooper Cup, I got Odell Beckham, I got Ty Hilton. I, I got a bunch of these guys, and I don't know who I'm going to start because I only have this many positions, and, and I like everybody. Yeah. Well, imagine if you were playing in reality and you had all of those guys on your sitting on your bench. And they're all yelling at and me they're if they all don't yelling get time. At you. Yeah. It's not an easy job. No, you know, it's not easy at all. We all sit up here and we talk about, you got to do this, you got to do that. This person's got to do this. They got to play bear. It, it's much harder than, you know, we make it sound. And, and I don't want you guys to think that we don't appreciate everything that everybody does. And they are working a very difficult job. Um, so we understand that too. All right, Calvin, anybody else you want to talk about here? Anyone you want to highlight maybe on the bench or, or anybody else before we move on? How about Rashawn Holmes? Uh, Rashawn played better tonight, uh, but – uh, it was a good matchup for him. Yeah. Oklahoma City does not have a ton of real inside threats. They're they're pretty uh, – they're not a, a big team. The guys that they do play are you – know, he definitely had a size advantage, a weight advantage inside. Mm -hmm. You saw that when they posted him up a bunch of times. He, he definitely took advantage of Tyrese getting to the basket, getting some easy lobs. So hopefully he can build – get some confidence going and build off of this game. Yeah. I've heard that there's a lot of teams in the NBA interested in Rashawn Holmes. Uh, I think number one on the list would be the Charlotte Hornets. But if the Kings do decide to move a guy like Rashawn, there is a lot of suitors that are willing to take him on and, and potentially give up a first round pick and possibly a young player as well. I enjoy having Rashawn on this team. I do root for him. He has been through a crazy tough stretch of games. Um, but, you know, he loves Sacramento. His family loves Sacramento. He re-signed with us. We took a chance on him. He's played really well. Uh, I love the contract that he's under. I really hope he doesn't, you know, move on to another team. But uh, I am happy to see him getting back in, in a rhythm. 25 minutes tonight, 6 of 7 from the field. Six rebounds, 14 points. I want to see him play much better than this, but it's it's a step in the right direction. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Were you surprised to see Alex Len tonight? Yeah, I was surprised just because we haven't seen him in, in forever. 
and again, you know, we're not playing a, a necessarily big team here. So, but Rashawn Holmes and Damian Jones both get fouls early. You got to go to somebody else after that. So, yep. All right, Cal, I think I'm ready to move on. I think people are, are ready to talk about trades. They want to hear about what's going on with Deer and Fox, Marvin Bagley. We're going to talk about tanking. And we also have another special announcement for you guys. Ready to move on? Let's do it. All right, guys. We're going to take another quick break here. And when we come back, we're going to dive deeper into your Sacramento Kings with Around the Crown. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome, welcome back to Royal Rebounds, the Sacramento Kings YouTube channel for fans by fans. Make sure you guys hit that like button down below and hit that subscribe button if you would like to join the Royal family with Calvin and I. As Gotham says, you don't even have to marry a cousin to join this one. So why don't you hit that button and subscribe and join the family with all of us. We put out Fresh Kings content almost daily, and we are live after every single Kings game. We give you a shoulder to cry on. Uh, We have beers that you can uh, not drink, but you can watch us drink. And uh, you can drink at home by yourself and uh, participate in the chat. Calvin, I've been thinking. I wanted to ask you about this, which I didn't have a chance before the show, so I might as well ask you in front of everybody. I'm thinking we need to do a new section where we highlight a fan of the week. Maybe we we talk about, you know, people that have been uh, very active in the chat or comments or Instagram, one of these things. But I'm thinking maybe we should have a fan of the week. Maybe we have them uh, call into the show and maybe they can give a a, a minute or two on the big screen here of of their thoughts on the kinks. I love that idea. If you guys love that idea, by the fans. Exactly. If you guys love that idea, let us know in the chat. Our goal of this channel is to give you all a voice. You know, yes, there are stupid questions, but that's okay. We want everybody's voice to be heard, and, uh, you know, every opinion matters. All right, Calvin. (laughs) Did Barry give you guys enough confidence here to call in? And (laughs) yes, there are stupid questions, but we'll take them. That's okay. Stupid questions are okay. I do stupid stuff all the effing time. All right, let's talk about deer and fox. What's wrong with him, Calvin? Does his ankle hurt again? Or? <laughs> well, what's wrong with him is there's some uh, neuron firing mishap between his brain and his ankle. It's telling His brain is telling him that his ankle hurts too much and he can't play. No, I, I mean, I don't know. Like It's exactly what we talked about when James Ham was on the show. He says his ankle hurts too much to play. We don't. We're not De'Aaron Fox. We don't know how much his ankle hurts. Yes, the doctor's reports come back positive or negative, whatever way you (laughs) want to look at it, whatever word you want to use to describe it, but he still says that he can't play. So now all we have to do is make conjectures and guesses about why he really isn't playing. Some people will say, oh, no, his his ankle must really hurt. He's missed it eight could. games. It could. Exactly. Yeah. So his ankle must really hurt because he's missed that many games. Other people will have a little bit more skeptical view of things. 
or add some four letter words in there. Add some four letter words. <laughs> I, I don't think until he is traded or he comes back onto the court wearing a Kings jersey, nobody is really going to have the answer to this question. I saw an interesting post on, on Instagram this week, and I actually shared it in our story. And someone posted that De'Aaron Fox has unfollowed the Sacramento Kings on Instagram. I don't really keep up with who follows who and all this stuff, but I just went in there real quick and looked at the people he's following. He's following a ton of NBA players, a ton of Kings players, a lot of players on other teams. He's not following the Sacramento Kings. I have no idea if he followed the Kings before or not. But I do have to mention, his profile picture is an NFT. It's an NFT project that he dropped himself. It's all pictures of foxes, and they're wearing Kings jerseys. I have no idea where I'm going with this or what this means. But he still is referring to the Kings in his Instagram, and he made an NFT project with purple jerseys. So I feel like he is still wanting to be on the Kings. But the question I have for you, Calvin, is do you see any similarities between this Fox-King situation and the Kawhi Leonard-Spurs situation? It is almost like you were reading my mind bringing that up because I see a ton of similarities between these two. Both guys are – Kawhi Leonard is maybe a little less outspoken than De'Aaron Fox, but both of them are pretty quiet guys. They've, the only difference, I guess you could say, is that Kawhi Leonard was with a really good winning team at the time. De'Aaron Fox has never been on that winning team in the pros. But I see a lot of similarities here. It's like both of them, they say that they're hurt. The team says they're not. So they're doubling down on this right now. And I guess the only way we're really going to find out how many similarities there are here or not is if it comes out that De'Aaron Fox is actually more hurt than he is letting on because Kawhi did have more of an injury that he felt like was keeping him from playing at a high level or what he, you know, expects to play with. But I think that they're also using this as leverage. I mean, how can you not, you know, this is a player driven league. This is the point that we've gotten to at this point in the NBA in that the players have all the power. They really do have all of the power. They do. And every day, I think more and more of these guys are realizing that. So that now you, you have a guy who plays for one of the worst teams in the league who still has this leverage Yep. over this team. I could be totally wrong, but why, I do see a lot of similarities here between those two situations. Why do you think Kawhi wanted to leave the Spurs? That That's the most puzzling thing for me in this entire situation. Because who, who knows? Uh, it, he seemed like it, it was like a match made in heaven, right? Like yeah. they, they traded, uh, I think, George Hill, right, to the Pacers for Kawhi yeah. Leonard or for the draft pick for Kawhi Leonard. You know, he's got three Hall of Famers around him. They set him up perfectly. He wins finals MVP. He turns into this amazing player. He's really quiet. We don't hear anything from him. Yeah. He's got the best coach in the NBA in Greg Popovich. 
maybe he saw the writing on the wall of like Timmy's retiring, uh, uh, Tony's gone, uh, Ginobili's gone. But it seemed like a perfect transition into this new superstar. This is my team now. I already did uh, win the finals. I already was an MVP or finals MVP. But then all of a sudden it just took like a weird turn, right? And I don't trust the medical staff. They say that nothing's wrong with me. I know there's something wrong with me. I'm going to go see another opinion. And then he just stopped communicating with the team, right? And they end up trading him to Toronto I see so many similarities between this and the deer and fox situation that it actually scares me. However, on a positive note, deer and fox is still sitting courtside at the games. He did an interview with James and Sean last week, talked about his ankle, straight up told him, "Oh yeah, it's not, the team said nothing's wrong. It's just a pain issue, and I can't handle the pain." Yeah. They talked about how he's uh, been, uh, uh, in the past, a very fast healer, right? Like right. he came back from injuries way faster than he's he was supposed to. I don't know if that's uh, his body heals fast or maybe he just had the motivation. It's like, I can't wait to get back on the court. I need to get there. And maybe the situation it's is probably different. probably a little bit of both. Year. I mean, when you're young, you know, he's still young, but we're talking about two years ago. So he was, what, 20? 221 at that point. Yeah. Con wants to know what's more realistic, Randall Sabonis or Turner to the Kings. Uh, unfortunately, I I'm starting to lean towards none of them. Yeah. I get you hear so many rumors about the Kings are targeting this guy or or they're in on Ben Simmons, they're in on Sabonis, they're in on Miles Turner, they're in on Julius Randle, they're in on Brandon Ingram, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, you also hear reports of the Kings are out on Ben Simmons, the Kings are out <laughs> on Sabonis. In. They're out. They're in. Kings they're are out, out on Julius Randle. Yeah. So I, I really don't know what to believe at this point anymore. It's like musical chairs right now. Like I, I do definitely believe that Monty McNair is working hard to find – a, the right trade for this team, no matter who it involves, that's going to bring in more talent to this roster and improve the team overall. But I think there's, again, there's two sides to every story. The Kings are playing horribly right now. De'Aaron Fox is sitting because he says he has a sore ankle. So if he's your prized trade piece that you feel like you could get, I'm not saying that, Trading De'Aaron Fox is the answer, but he's, he's the defi- most valuable. He's definitely yeah. the most valuable player on this team. A 100%. lot of people would say Tyrese Halliburton has a lot of value as well, and that's true. He does. But if you're going to make a trade right now that's going to yield you the most in return, it absolutely involves De'Aaron Fox. Absolutely. So it's just so hard to tell. Like we're, you know, you have no idea what these GMs are saying to each other back and forth. And I, unfortunately for Monty McNair, who has a really tough job right now, the Kings are not helping him. They're just not. They're not playing well at all. Their best player is sitting. Their number one trade piece that they want to move in Buddy Heald is a mess. Marvin Bagley, their second most wanting to move trade piece, is also hurt yep. and sitting. So it's like you're trying to, you know, 
It's a movie. We're watching a movie right now. He's got his hands tied behind his back, and he's still trying to make deals right now. It's just a really unfortunate situation because what the we've talked about it so much. The Kings need to make a major move mm-hmm. or a risk type move, a splash type yep. move. Well, they got to choose a lane first, but yes. Yeah, but I mean, when you go, when you call up another GM and you're like, I want one of your top three players. Yeah. Here's what I'm going to give you in return. Buddy Heald, Marvin Bagley, uh, maybe a first-round pick. That's what they're saying to every team. somebody else. That's what they're know? saying to every team. The other GM is sitting on the other end of the phone just laughing. And then? They're, and they're like, then, are you kidding me? And then? <laughs> so it's it's just really tough right now. Yeah, Gotham said fat. Fox came in fat and moody. What do you think about the the Brandon Ingram thing? We kind of talked about this briefly. Jim wants to know, would New Orleans trade Brandon Ingram in a first for Fox, Holmes, and two second-round picks? Jim, I would love to give you a straight answer, but I have no idea. But, Calvin, I want to hear your thoughts on the Fox-Ingram deal. I, I think it's something that's definitely worth considering. And the reason for that is it's because the shot clock's about to expire on the trade deadline. And I, the Kings need to get more talent. That's yeah. their number one goal right now. They're both fringe so if, all-stars. Yeah. I, I mean, there's a lot I, worse. Do I like Brandon Ingram? Do. Yes, I like Brandon Ingram a lot. He solves a couple of problems that this team has. He definitely adds to a couple problems. Like he's not a lockdown defender. He's going, if you trade Fox for him, he's going to be thrust into the best player on this team. Like he, we talk about an alpha male, a leader, all that stuff. That's going to be him alongside with Tyrese a little bit, but Brandon Ingram's going to take a lot of that load as well. You, you just automatically do when you're deemed the best player on your team. And he hasn't really proven that much to me. I mean, he's a great scorer. Mm-hmm. Doesn't he always look stoned to you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why. I just Every time I see him, I'm like, what's wrong with your eyes, man? What's going on with your eyes? <laughs> so, so I don't know. I mean, it, it's definitely a... It's definitely a deal that I would consider because, again, I, I feel like the Kings, their backs are up against the wall right now. Yep. And their options for a team that everybody has said for weeks now and months, this is the most active team in the trade deadline. Virtually their entire roster is expendable. That should leave you with a ton of options, right? Yeah. But every day, those options become smaller and smaller and smaller. It's funny, man. We've, we've been talking about these trades for like over a month now. Yeah. And it's like, oh, two months until the trade deadline. Oh, three weeks until the trade deadline. Now it's like, okay, five, five days until the trade deadline. What is going to happen? And this, this is the way it works a lot of There's times. There's been no deals. Yeah, but it, again, that's the way it works a lot of times in the NBA. You don't, yeah. it's very rare that you see a blockbuster type or a major shakeup trade happen months before the trade deadline. It's just very rare that that happens. Yeah. So the Kings do have that going for them. 
but they also <laughs> have a lot of things negatively going against them. They just need to figure it out, man. I I just can't wait till the 10th is here. I don't say this a lot, like, but if if I was in the movie Click right now, I'd hit the fast-forward button. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to – well, actually, I want to fast-forward to where we're at the game on the 8th and the 9th. But honestly, like, the 10th is going to be so revealing, right? Like, we're going to figure out whether a trade happens. We're going to figure out what the direction of this team is, hopefully, for the rest of the season. Or I think we're going to end up figuring out what's going on with Fox, with Bagley, whether any of these guys will be on the team, and and where to go from here. Because it, it's so puzzling. There's less than 30 games left in the season, and we still don't know what the direction of this team is, right? Like the front office says one thing. The players show another thing. Yes, they won tonight. Yes, they've won two out of the last three games. But they're a horrible team. And it, it hurts me to say that because I, I love the Kings. I want them to do well. I, I want them to play well. But whatever I'm seeing from them, when I see one thing good, I see ten things bad. Yeah. And and you're not going to win like that. Even if you were to sneak into the tenth seed at uh, 20 games under 500, you're going to lose. You're going to lose. All right, I think someone was asking here about, hold on, let me check it out. Oh, Key Kings was asking if you saw Chet Holmgren's stats today. Did you see those? I didn't see his stats today, but I know he's been balling out over the past few games. Yeah. I think this is a perfect and it, transition into our Don't get too high debate. on that either. I love Chet Holmgren as a player. I think he's going to be a really good pro. You also have to look at the competition level that he's playing right now. That conference has pretty much nothing in it. That, and again, that doesn't take away from how talented he is. There, he is a very unique big man. He can do a lot of things that 90% of people, 98% of people his size cannot do. Yep. And I think that's a perfect transition here into our next topic, tanking. Vinny, can you show my screen here? Perfect. So, Tankathon, I don't know if you guys know about this, one of my favorite websites, and only because I've been a Kings fan for so long, and we've missed the playoffs for so long, that I look on here to figure out what the hell is going on. So, according to Tankathon, currently the Kings are projected at the seventh pick, and uh, let's look here at the mock draft. Yeah. So, the thing is, is like, even if the Kings have the fifth worst record in the NBA, for them to have the fifth pick, the worst three teams have to win the lottery. They have to win first, second, and third for the Kings to even have that fifth pick. Right. So if they're the fifth fifth worst team in the league, they're basically seven or eight. Because even if you have the worst pick or worst team in the league they still only have what like a 25 percent chance or i think it's even less now it's like 17 percent chance of getting that number one pick in the, the next team with the two and the three picks so you're gonna be in that range unless you get lucky or unless you just say f it for the rest of the season and you lose a ton of games which is going to involve trading big name players and just throwing out a bunch of young guys but uh, this is what 
basically the mock draft is looking like right now. And then we'll jump into tanking and what that means for the Kings and what our definition is. But just looking here at this at this lineup here, Calvin, you see anybody you like here? Are you happy with the sixth pick? Would you rather move up to four, down to eight? Obviously, you want to be in the top three. Well, look, but I'm just... Yeah, I mean, I, I'd love to be in the top three of this draft. Um, that doesn't mean you can't land a solid player. I, I saw, who who said it here? Charlie says Jaden Ivey is the best player in college basketball. I don't know if I totally agree with that statement, but he's definitely one of the th- four or five best. Another guard. Another guard, but he's a shooting guard. He's not a point guard. Yeah. That's somebody that you can pair alongside whoever it's going to be. Fox and, and he's Halliburton a and very, Mitchell. very good defender. Very, very what good What if defender. you have Fox, Halliburton, Mitchell? You still taking him? I, I'm considering it because at that point, you know, I mean, again, it's kind of like best available strategy, but yeah. Look, they they need they need wing sized defenders. Jaden Ivey is definitely one of those people. He has a lot of potential. I mean, obviously, you want to be in the the top three of this draft. That's like that's mm-hmm. the cream of the crop, um, and and it kind of dwindles off after there. I love Ben Matherin as well. Another guy that would fit an area of need for this team. Wing, super athletic, good defender. Uh, Keegan Murray, as Key King says, is another good option here. Um, so Who would name there's, his kid there's Benedict? Definitely, he's Canadian. Okay. I'm just <laughs> I'm surprised he doesn't end up getting drafted by Cleveland because you know how the owner loved that Benedict Arnold thing. Yeah. What was it like LeBron James? When he left Cleveland the first time, I think he he changed. So he he owns Fat Heads, right? The stickers for your wall. He changed the price of all the LeBron James Fat Heads to like seventeen, whatever the year was that Benedict Arnold turned uh-huh. on everybody. That's just wild, man. I, I can't believe people are still naming <laughs> their kids Benedict. Sorry, sorry for interrupting. No, no, it's okay. It's okay. I mean, bottom line is, if you're in the if you're in the top eight to ten of not just this draft, but most drafts, you should be able to go out and get a player that might not be a superstar, but you can get somebody that's going to help your team, right? There's a reason why they're a top 10 pick. Mm-hmm. The The question is going to be, what is the rest of the team makeup going to be at that point? What does the team do at the trade deadline? What are the areas of need that they are targeting in the off season? This team definitely needs wing help. Yep. That's like one of the most obvious things. That Either I to replace say. HB or to move HB to the four. Exactly. Yeah. Or a starting power forward also. Exactly. Right? Yep. So Gothen there's, there's a lot of ways that they Benedict? can go in here. I think Gothen's first name is Benedict. You said JK, JK. Maybe that's his middle name. Perhaps. Bring your ID to the game. <laughs> I got to see your ID. I want to know your middle name so I can make fun of you. All right, Ben, you could take that off the screen. But that, so Calvin, this this kind of brings us into this tanking debate, which we've had in the past, and we got into it with Leo from Cowbell Kingdom, and 
you know, we've talked to James Ham this week. I've heard from Sean Cunningham and what he's talking about. It, it seems like there's a lot of uh, Kings media guys with different ideas of where this team should go. And, and that's good, right? Like, if you were to create a team, you don't want everybody to have the same idea because that's boring and you're never going to get anything really accomplished unless you have guys with different ideas, right? They combine together, you work together to figure out what exactly is happening. So let's talk about tanking here. When I look at tanking, I feel like tanking is like a, it's not just purposely trying to lose, but it's more of like a premeditated thing. Like, okay, this is going to be a bad season for us. And, And I think of this in terms of like me playing NBA 2K because I've done hundreds, if not, no, probably just hundreds. I don't want to exaggerate too much, but I've done hundreds of Kings rebuilds on 2K over the past 15 years, like literally hundreds of them. And sometimes you're like, okay, it's the start of the season. I'm going to trade everybody and I'm going to tank this year for a top pick. Is that different than giving it a good go, see what happens, and then at the trade deadline, seeing the writing on the wall and saying, we're not a good team, we're not a playoff team, how can I put us in the best position next year? We need to trade players. We need to give young guy minute, young guys minutes. We're going to get a top pick in the draft, and we're going to try again next year. Uh, no, I don't think so. I mean, it's just two different ways to achieve the same thing, right? Like it, it just depends on your situation. Yeah. Tanking is just, it's a really weird thing, you know, because like we're seeing with Brian Flores, yeah, the owner will go to the head coach and they'll say, you need to lose. They don't go to the players and say that though. Yeah. Because why would you? That that's like that would be one of the worst things that you could possibly do. Okay, guys, team meeting. Bring it in. Bring it in. Yeah. I know you guys are really prideful. <laughs> De'Aaron, you're trying to make an all star team this year. You probably have a salary incentive that's if you make the all star team. Um But I need you to lose. We games. got fifteen <laughs> years of playoff drought behind us here. Next closest yeah. team behind us has only been five years. We're going to take it one more year, though. We're just going to lose. You you don't do that because yep. you, you can't tell players that you are trying to lose games. That being said, <laughs> it's just I'm, I am not advocating for tanking. I'm not advocating for losing, even though it might be the best thing for the Kings to do at this point. I just don't think if if you have a group of players, a group of young players that the Kings say they want to build around, like Fox, Halliburton, Mitchell, Holmes, you know, whoever else you want to throw in there, it, it's so it would be so disadvantageous for you to have that plastered on the walls of yeah. your locker room and everything. You just wouldn't go in and tell players that. Do you think the Thunder are telling their players that? No, I. Well, I mean, there's no way for me to really know, but I don't think that any organization, I mean, players, players are, everybody's a person, right? Like you're intuitive. You can tell when things are a little off or whatever, but I would be very surprised to hear any owner go into a locker room or have meetings with players and say, 
hey, this is going to suck. I understand. I mean, <laughs> Philadelphia, everybody knew that. Like, they, they're the only team that I've really seen in modern professional sports history that advertise so adamantly. Sixers, yeah. We are trying to lose right now. All it is is get draft picks. But their, their best players were also hurt, too, right? Yep. Yep. They weren't playing at all. So they had the luxury of that, those injuries to be able to say, like, this is a lost year because our players, our best players are hurt. So we're just going to try to get a, a better draft pick. Mm-hmm. The Kings are not in that situation. But at the end of the day, it's like, if if we're not going to make a deal or make a move that improves the talent of this team, then what position are you really in at that point? Again, I'm not saying go out and try to lose games, but you're obviously not a playoff team at that point. If you don't add talent to this roster or flip guys over, change things up a little bit, get some, some fresh uh, perspectives in there, some fresh playing time, all that stuff. So, if you don't make that deal or two deals that improves talent in the short term, mm-hmm. then you're automatically playing for next season. Yeah. One thing I've done in 2K in the past is I like to trade for other teams' picks because then it doesn't matter how well my team does. I, I keep my pick, I trade my veterans. And I play the young guys. And if they play well, I'm happy. If we win games, I'm happy. Because I'm like, my young guys are developing and they're playing well. And then when draft comes around, I have another team's draft pick. And I have my own. If they play bad, my draft pick's higher. And I'm like, well, they played bad, but I'm giving them minutes. They're learning. They're developing. And I get to add another young player as well. That's 2K. That's not real life. (laughs) Yeah. There is a big difference, right? You look at the Thunder. What do we say? 30 draft picks over the next, like, six years or so. Yeah, seven, I think. Most of those picks are from good teams, right? Like the Clippers. I don't know how much value they're going to actually get from those picks. Now, if Kawhi and Paul George bailed and moved to another team, that could be a home run for them, right? Well, yeah, it could in terms of draft position, but yeah. just the sheer number of picks they have equates value because you can then package multiple, multiple, multiple picks for the, a deal to move up yeah. draft-wise or for another player. Yeah. The reason I say this is I feel like looking at past deals gives you kind of an insight into the future, right? So... Do you remember when Boston traded KG and Paul Pierce to the Nets? Yes. Ton of picks involved in that deal, right? Brooklyn basically had one year. They had one year. They had like what? Darren Williams, Joe Johnson, Paul Pierce. Yeah, KG, Brooke Lopez, right? Yeah. They didn't do well that year. Maybe it was it was coaching with, with Jason Kidd or not. It was Paul Pierce. <laughs> but they broke it apart after that. 
Paul Pierce end up going, I think, to Washington and then L.A. Brooklyn got better or they rebuilt faster than Boston, which was amazing because Boston got all those draft picks, right? So it's not always about the picks that you get. However, I want to go back to my point from earlier. You tried to win this season. You did everything you could to win this season. There comes a point where you need to look in the mirror and you need to say, we're not a good basketball team. We're going to trade these veterans because they deserve better. They deserve a chance to compete. Maybe I'm not trying to lose games, but I'm giving my young guys a chance to show me what they have. Yeah, you're not trying to lose games, but you're okay with losing I'm games. I'm okay losing games, but I'm not incentivizing people to lose right. games. Right. I'm not telling not my coach. paying Alvin Gentry $100,000 for every exactly. loss. I'm not telling coaches to lose games. I'm not telling players to lose games. I want them to go out there and try as hard as they possibly can. I want winners. (laughs) But looking in the mirror, this is a lost season in my opinion. You're not a good team. You fired your head coach. The current head coach you have, Alvin Gentry, I I like him. Awesome NBA person, great career. I don't want to take anything away from Alvin Gentry, but he's not the guy for this team, and he has no responsibility for this team, right? Well, and that's he not has on him. That's not him, on him at all. But like, when a team fires their coach midway through the season and they bring up an interim coach, the failures of that team doesn't fall on the interim coach, right? Like, you could say he's yeah, going to get the kinda, losses on his record, it's but it's like not his fault. Damned if you do, damned if you don't. Situation exactly. as an interim coach, you're like, I I could turn around and win, you know. 70% of my games, they still might not hire me back as head coach. But as the on the other side of that, I could lose every game for the rest of the season, and people will be like, he was just the interim coach. Exactly. So, is there not a better situation set up for Sacramento to trade their veterans, get some more pieces, play these young guys, figure out, what you have in these young guys and which ones you will be building around moving forward. Yeah. And capitalizing on your draft pick. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree with you. It, it's the one thing that really confuses me a lot about this team. I don't know why we're not seeing more of people like Keita, even Lewis King, who personally I'm not really that big of a fan of. Yeah. He's a volume shooter. Volume shooter. He has flashes you know, out there where he looks pretty good. I know he's been killing it in the G League. I love the last name. There's a lot of people that kill it in the G League that never (laughs) make it to the pros, though. I don't know. He he just doesn't really – he seems to me like a poor man's Mo Harkless, honestly. Yeah, like uh, without um, the defense. Without the defense, yeah. (laughs) Jim, Doug will not be the next head coach. You still need – now is the time to give those guys minutes because – you might not have an opportunity to do it ever again. Yeah. Like the, these guys might not be on the team next year. Yeah. And we've seen this Kings team have young players that have gone on to do well with other teams. 
maybe because they didn't have an opportunity in Sacramento or, or whatever, whatever it, it might be. But why wouldn't you want, you already know what you're going to get out of deer and Fox. If I'm the Kings and I want to keep deer and Fox, I'm going to tell him straight up, Hey man, we're not trading you. You're part of the future, but I want you to sit the rest of the season and I want you to get healthy. I want you to figure out what's happening with your ankle, what's going on mentally or, or whatever other issues you have. Oh, he's man. your best player and you need to be honest with him and tell him what the plan is. Yeah. I think that's Darren's biggest issue with the Kings right now is he has no idea what the plan is, right? You drafted a point guard the last two seasons when your best player is a point guard. And now he's his feelings are hurt, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. So I think he'd sit the rest of the season if I were the GM or the head coach of Sacramento. And I would play these young guys so I could figure out who I actually wanted on my team next season. A lot of these guys will not be with the Kings. They will not be. But how can you make a decision on a guy that's played five minutes a game? Yeah. How can you make a decision on a guy that's played 10 minutes a game every other game? You can't. Yeah. Give them opportunities. No, I I agree. Sit back and watch. I agree with a lot with what you're saying. At the same time, though, if I'm running a team and my best player wants to play, I don't. I just don't know if I could. I I feel like that's you're doing more harm than you are good to tell that player sit for the rest of the season. Yeah, we're gonna give these other guys a chance. We want to see if some of them we're going to keep for next season. Like y- you can do that. You can evaluate and do that without having to sit your best player. I just think that it, it he's sitting himself. Exactly. He's sitting himself, which is another situation, but I, I would never go to my best player as a GM and say, you need to sit. Yeah. If he wants to play, then he plays like, at, I feel like you, you're setting yourself up for more problems that way. Yeah. I agree with you. It's got to be a mutual decision. Yeah. I think you got to be open with him, but I also wouldn't be throwing him under the bus right now. And like, he's cleared by the medical staff. It's up to him at yeah, this well, point. And, that, and that's the thing is like, everybody will say, well, what if, you know, the, the season's already lost. What if he gets hurt? Blah, blah, blah. An injury can happen at any time. Like if you're, if you're really the best player yeah. for your franchise, it's almost always better for you to play, no matter how bad the team is. It's better for that individual player. Sure, they don't like losing all of that stuff. But if you go to them and you say, you know what, we're just going to shut you down. This season's over. You've already gone through four years where you lost a shit ton. Yep. It, it just doesn't sound good. It, yep. uh, only if that player is adamant about, I need to be out there helping my team. Like, which... Again, if you're the best player, that should be your mentality. Yeah. Now, when you go to the team and you say, I can't play because my ankle hurts too much. And it, it maybe it does hurt, but it's really not hurting you that badly or you can play. That's mm-hmm. a different story that, and it, you know, there's, I think that the Kings front office, if that is the case, they let this situation get to the point where it is right now. If I'm the GM, of any basketball team. My best player is going to be my best friend. 
and I'm going to be right there and I'm going to be protecting him. I'm not going to put it on him. I'm not going to say, oh, King's medical staff says you're cleared. It's really uh, up to whether you can play and whether you can handle the pain at this point. I'm going to say, no, De'Aaron Fox is injured. I'm going to put him on the injury report. I'm going to be on the phone with him every day. How are you feeling? How's the ankle? I'm going to update you. Fox is injured. I'm going to take all that blame for him. I'm not going to put that on him. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say De'Aaron Fox can't play. He's injured right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's the relationship you need to save if he is going to be your franchise player. It really is. Yeah. But I get what you're saying. I'm not going to. I'm not going to tell him to sit. It's going to be a conversation. Sure. It's going to say, hey, we both want the same thing. Yeah. We want this to be a good team. We want to go to the playoffs. Let's look in the mirror right now. This is where we're at. You're not feeling good. We have all these young guys. Tell me who you like. Tell me who you want to play with. Yeah. Let me evaluate these guys, and then in the offseason, we'll revisit this. Right. I think we're both saying the same things. It's just it, it, it's just two different situations. It's one if your team is really bad, and one if your team is competitive. You know, it's like yep. you, you always have to be – doing what you can to assure your franchise player that you care about them. Yep. I mean, cause otherwise, you know, Anthony Davis decides he wants to play with LeBron in, in LA. Darren Fox could easily decide that he wants to play with some other more That's talented true. roster. It's true somewhere else, but there, there's a, an interesting little, uh, I don't, it's not really a debate, but a, a question posed here in the chat by Charlie, who are your, Top five favorite players of all time. I was and I'm ask, assuming I was he ask you that first is meaning your favorite, not what you think are the top five greatest players of all time. But oh yeah, I mean I I don't think that he thinks T Mac and Mike Bibby are the no, two no, best yeah. players. I, of I just all feel time. like you kind of gotta like put that asterisk next to this. Anytime you have a top five players, yeah, you, you have to. What's up, Robin? Good to see you. Thanks for joining us. Sorry about your Kansas City Chiefs, but it's okay, man. We can't all go to the Super Bowl like the Rams and the Bengals. Oh um, top five favorite players. <clears throat> all right. You guys might hate me for this one, but I got to say LeBron is number one for me. It just, I saw his first game against Sacramento. I watched him in high school. Like, I've been following this guy for a long time. I really like LeBron. Number two. J.R. Smith. <laughs> I know it's out of left field, but I, I like I, Jr. I knew he was going to be in your top five. Yeah. I didn't think he was number two yeah. though. I like Jr. Man, I like the threes. I like the dunks. Like, if dude has all the talent in the world, if he had the mental fortitude, he could have been the best player of all time. <laughs> and yes, I sound like a homer when I'm saying that, but I really believe that he is the best player to ever play with in NBA 2k. I put up 60, 70 points a game with him in 2k because I'm the mental fortitude at that point. (laughs) After those guys, it's really hard for me to say I'm a big fan of Dennis Rodman. I like Ron Artest. Uh, as far as Kings guys, I mean, you got Ron in there. I love Peja, you know, I love Bibby Weber. It's, it's hard for me to name just five. How about you, Cal? 
Michael Jordan, oh, number it's, one. It's hard for me to name just five, <laughs> to, for sure. Uh, number one is without a doubt Michael Jordan. Like a lot of people my age, uh, he was my absolute idol. Um, when I was a kid falling in love with basketball, he was in his prime. It was easy to like him, right? <laughs> number two is going to be Dwayne Wade. I'm sure you knew that was yeah, coming as yeah. well. Dwayne Wade, one of obviously one of my favorite players of all time. He's the guy I modeled my game after as I was getting better at basketball. Uh, number three is going to be Scottie Pippen. Yeah. Number four is going to be LeBron James. And number five is going to be... First guy that hasn't played for the Bulls. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Dwayne did play for the Bulls. Number five is going to be Clay Thompson. Wow. Okay. I love Clay Thompson's game. I, I wish I would have named him as well. I, I love Clay Thompson's game. I love him even more as a player and a person. But you're right. It's so hard to pick. Like, I could go back to, yeah. I mean, all of those players, I was lucky enough to, to watch their careers, right? There are so many players that played well before my time that I still love. I just didn't watch, like, Will Chamberlain is, I still think he, for as great as he is, he's somehow one of the most underrated players. Like, nobody oh, respects no him. Doubt. I just don't no understand doubt. it. The it's guy crazy. was an absolute animal. One of the greatest players ever, but I didn't, I never got to see him play. Yeah. Um, I forgot Carmelo in mine too. Yeah. I'm a big I mean, fan you, of you could go on and favorite players is so hard. Like yeah. we have so many favorite players. How can you limit it to just five? But those guys, I mean, they, they hold a special place in my basketball heart for sure. And when your team sucks for half your life, it's hard for your favorite <laughs> player to be on your team. Yeah. I mean, Chris Webber is one of my favorite it players, but I, I still don't put him in my top five King favorite King players. says Ray Allen, Kobe, Boogie, Carmelo, Paul George. Yeah, Kobe's another one. Yeah. Like, uh, Kobe was I not, hate the Lakers, Kobe but was not I love one Kobe. of my favorite players. Penny Hardaway is another one. Like, there, you could just go on and on and on. There's so many players that I love to watch play. Yeah. yeah. All right, moving on here, Calvin. So, I want to talk about trade deadline. And some updates. As you all know, we're just about five days away from the trade deadline. February 10th is the exact deadline. And hey, Sean Cunningham reached out to me today. And uh, we're going to have him on the podcast next week sometime. I don't know if it will be while we're in Sacramento or potentially right after we get back. Right around that trade deadline. Maybe we'll have him on the 11th or the 12th, something like that, where he can kind of wrap up and let us know what everything was happening behind the scenes and stuff like that. So make sure you guys stay tuned for that. Speaking of next week, Calvin and I will be at both Minnesota Timberwolf games um, against the Kings at home, and we will be doing live post games at Punchbowl Social afterwards. So make sure you guys meet us at Punchbowl Social. We'll be giving away some free merchandise. We'll be uh, drinking some beers and having a lot of fun. So make sure you guys come check us out. All right, Calvin. So trade deadline, some updates here. Apparently the Cavs right now are the leading team in pursuit of Karis Levert. They've needed guards after all their injuries this season. Yep. Apparently the Pacers are looking for two first round picks at this point. That is a lot. I know you it love Karis Levert. I do a love Karis Levert, but I wouldn't trade two first round picks for him. That is a lot. Maybe two first round picks from like a good team. Cause that's different, right? Like 
if you're yeah. the the Warriors <laughs> or something like that, two first round picks is like basically a second round, two second round picks. Yeah. So I would be open to that. But if you're a team like Sacramento, two first round picks, I'm out of there. I'm not even giving giving them a first round pick unless it's like top ten protected or or something right, right. like that. Also here in news that the Ben Simmons for James Harden rumors are heating up. According to Shams, uh, not Houston, Brooklyn is actually open to listening to offers from Philadelphia at this point. What a weird, strange change of events. Absolutely. What, what's wild. going on here? You got any thoughts on this? I mean, <sighs> does he make them no, a better I... team? Ben Simmons? Both of both of them. Oh, I think James Harden on Philadelphia absolutely makes them a better team. Yeah. Even absolutely. if Ben is playing. Even if Ben is playing, yeah, for sure. What about Brooklyn? For sure. I don't know about Brooklyn. They <laughs> Brooklyn just has so many issues. I mean, when you commit that much to three players who yep. one of them he still is really good, but he struggles to be as good as he can be alongside the other two. The third, who has been phenomenal, but he he's now injured. And the other one, who can only play road games. It's yep. like you, you, can't get, you can't get the best out of each individual one. Kevin Durant has been phenomenal this season, MVP candidate. But at the same time, it's like you're, you're just wondering how long is his, got, his body going to hold up. Yeah. You know, you, yeah. you, you're concerned about that. So the, the Nets are, are tough. When they're healthy, it's hard to pick against them. But yeah. the problem is that they have, a, they have a hard time putting their three best players on the court at the same time together. I was listening to D'Lo and Casey yesterday, and they had a, a, a woman on their podcast. I'm sorry, I can't remember her name, but she was uh, in charge or, or part of like MGM betting and she had a, a really hot take on Kyrie Irving and, and the whole Brooklyn Nets situation. What she was basically saying is that Kyrie Irving, Irving has not been healthy his entire career. It's true. Even he has back had a lot in of the college. Yep. He's just yep. been only played nine games in college. Yeah. He's just been injured, injured, injured. Amazing player, a lot of skill. But she thinks that he realistically thinks he's only good for about 40 or 50 games a season. Yeah. Barry, I think I'm that's... sorry. I gotta pull a deuce, Mason, right here. I gotta go to the bathroom. Oh, okay. Can I'll you grab right me? Can you grab me a beer while you're out? I will grab you a beer. No more Vinny Squatch. All right. Looks like I'm taking the show on myself. Lots of fun here, guys. Well, I'm happy to interact with you here in the chat while we're waiting on Calvin, and I'll finish up my story here. So basically, what she was saying is. I don't know if this exactly went into Kyrie's decision with vaccine vaccines and all this stuff. Probably not. However, I think Kyrie Irving has finally realized at this point in his career that he cannot be healthy for an entire season. We've heard players talk about how 82 games is too much. Of course, if you go on to the playoffs, you're playing quite a bit more games. However, if he were to a load manage, and she said that that was the one of the main reasons that he wanted out of Cleveland is that LeBron James is not a fan of load management and he doesn't like guys that like to sit out. LeBron likes to play as many games as possible, develop chemistry, get ready for the playoffs. 
And, you know, some people could even say that that's been a detriment to LeBron because LeBron's kind of run out of gas in, in the finals or, or close to it. But is he just, you know, looking at himself here and, and realizing, well, maybe I can't play all these games. So I need to, I guess, load manage myself. And coincidentally, I don't have a vaccine. I'm not allowed to play at home games. That's going to help me manage myself even more. So I have no idea how this James Harden situation in Brooklyn or Kyrie Irving situation is going to end up. But I'm, I've heard that James Harden is not happy there. He doesn't like living in Brooklyn. He doesn't like the Kyrie Irving situation. And the only reason he went to Brooklyn is to win a championship. And he doesn't feel like they're championship caliber at this point. Considering the injury to uh, KD, Kyrie's only going to be available for away games, which is going to impact them greatly in the playoffs. Yeah. <clears throat> and the fact that James has been dealing with injury issues himself, he only had four game, four points the other night against Sacramento. Yeah. I, I mean, they have other issues too as a team. They're really missing... Um. Oh shit! Now I'm blanking on his name. Joe. Who? What's his name? Joe Harris. Joe Harris. Oh They're yeah, he's him injured too now. And he's apparently going to have to have another procedure on his ankle, so he's going to miss even more time. The Nets have been all in. You know that's no secret. They signed all these guys. Uh, but yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, if you're Three best players can only play. I don't even know how many total games they've played with each other, but it's not many. It's less than 10. Yeah, it's very, very few. Yeah. If that's the case, do you really expect that you're just all going to walk into the playoffs and and run people out of the gym? Bryce wants to know if we want James Harden. I think you would be silly for any team to say that you don't want James Harden just a matter of what it takes to get him yeah deer and fox and a couple picks i don't know if that does it probably i don't know probably not we're talking about james harden Uh, this is i mean i've been very critical of him in the past but this is an mvp guy yeah uh he's led the league in scoring like well and also it's if you're looking at it from the nets perspective he is but if you're looking at it from the nets perspective are, do you really want to trade James Harden for De'Aaron Fox when you have Kyrie Irving also? Like, uh, I realize Kyrie Irving can only play half the games as of right now, but yeah. still, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Charlie, Sacramento has some titty bars, but not as many as Brooklyn, and he's not happy <laughs> there. So what does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> It's just a strange situation. I'd rather have Harden than Irving. It is a really strange situation. Does Ben Simmons make the the Nets better? Um, I don't know if he makes them better, but I he definitely doesn't make them worse. Really? I th- oh yeah. I mean, come on. You've got Kyrie and and again, I know Kyrie isn't going to play in every game, but you've got Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant and you're adding 
potentially the defensive player of the year alongside them, like that that's not going to make your team worse. Yeah, but if, I mean, KD's out at this point, right? Yeah, for now. For now. But it, he's played most of the year, and he's been he's played in an MVP Kyrie level. is available for away games. So currently right now, you'd have Ben Simmons playing home games by himself. Yes, right now. But again, the, the idea is Kevin Durant's not done for the season. I'd rather have James Harden playing home games by himself. I just would. I, I'd rather have three players that I could count on night in and night out that want to be there. In a perfect world, yes. So I, I feel like if you're if you decide that you have to or you, that you are going to trade James Harden, there'd be a lot worse people that you could get in return than Ben Simmons. Yeah, I agree. And I do think Ben Simmons would fit that team very, well. He would fit well. that team very well. And if they were all healthy... I think they could be better with Ben Simmons than with James Harden. I agree with you. It's possible. Yeah. It's possible. If they're all healthy. However, if they're not, James Harden can shoulder a bigger load than Ben Simmons. The biggest problem with this whole equation is we don't really know how good the Nets can be with James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant because they have almost never played together. Yep. Yeah, and Gotham's got a good point here. Floppier than Vlade. I, I hate the James Harden flops, man. I, I'm so happy they changed the rules this year just for his sake. All right, Calvin. Anything else you want to talk about here? Are we ready to move on? I think we've covered a decent amount of ground here. I don't have much I, else to say. I wish there was more trade news, trade things that we could talk about, but unfortunately there's not at this point. You know, the the last trade other than this one that happened uh, just a few days ago, or actually yesterday with the Clippers and the Blazers. Other than that, we haven't seen a trade since like January 19th. So very underwhelming at this point. I think everybody's waiting on this whole Ben Simmons thing and what happens with that. Once that domino falls, if it does fall, I think you're going to see a bunch more deals. The Kings are still working hard behind the scenes. Uh, we still hear them involved in in multiple with multiple teams, but uh, we don't know what's going to happen. Just like you guys, and it's exciting uh, for us as well. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in the next five days or so. Oh yeah. But we're going to take another quick break here. And when we come back, we're going to take a look at the Kings next week of basketball action with Kings Crusade. Welcome to Royal Rebounds, a Sacramento Kings YouTube channel for fans by fans. The Kings continue their crusade to get back to the playoffs Next up is the Minnesota Timberwolves. If you're a Kings fan, make sure you smash up that like button down below. And if you enjoy awesome Kings content like this, and you would like to join the Royal family with Calvin, Vinny, and I, make sure you guys hit that subscribe button as well. So Calvin, two games against the Timberwolves coming up. I'm going to let you jump right here into your keys for those games. Oh, you're giving me the keys oh i'm letting you give the keys you know what that means kings are losing (laughs) all right so we know what barry's key is score more points than the timberwolves now i mean this is a this is an interesting game the the timberwolves are one of those franchises that has not been good for a a long time just like the kings but i feel like 
people are kind of sleeping on this team right now. They, they're sort of ascending. I was just talking to somebody at work today, telling them that we were going to be at the games. Yeah. He was like, oh, who they're playing? I said, Minnesota. He goes, oh, Minnesota sucks. Yeah, yeah. They're and above 500. Like, Minnesota doesn't suck as much as you think they suck, and the Kings suck more. I, I, but yeah, I thought you were going to say they don't I, suck as I, much I digress. as the Kings. No, so all seriousness – the Timberwolves have won 11 of their last 16 games, including three in a row. Thanks, They're Gotham. Have a good night. in the NBA in scoring, 112 points per game. They're, they've got legit star power. This is not a team the Kings should take no team lightly, but this is definitely not the team to overlook right now. So number one is going to be don't give up the big play. This is a young team that thrives on Anthony Edwards' highlight plays, Carl Anthony Towns, big-time dunks. They love to get out and run. Kings need to keep turnovers down. Don't give them an opportunity to get out in space. Minnesota's also fourth in the NBA in steals. Kings have turnover, bad turnover habits. They need to not uh, get into one of those situations like they did tonight in the second quarter where all of a sudden they turn it over on three, four, five possessions in a row because that the, the Timberwolves will Blow open the score real quick, if yep. that's the case. Yep. Number two is going to be keep uh, Harkless in a groove. He is going to be real big for them in this game. He's probably going to guard Anthony Edwards. I think he's one of the best matchup uh, defensive matchups they have against him. And that's going to be a tall task, but he's also got to continue to, to try to um, chip in on the offensive end the way he's done over the past three games. Hitting his outside shot, his threes, it's going to go a long way. And then number three will be who's going to step up off the Kings bench. Minnesota does not have a ton of depth. They Their starters do the major, overwhelming majority of the, the load for them, offensively, defensively, everything. They really are about like six, maybe seven deep. Mm-hmm. So can the Kings get some contributions from Buddy Heald? from Metu, from Damian Jones. They're going to need those extra guys, six, seven, eight uh, guys off the bench to be productive for them. Yep. All good keys to the game. Bryce, I'm going to talk to these guys, and uh, I'll shoot you a message after the podcast here, but we are still interested uh, in the eighth. As Many of you guys already know Calvin and I will be at both Minnesota Timberwolf games, the 8th and the 9th, back-to-back in Sacramento. Make sure you guys come check us out. We'll be in the arena having fun, drinking some beers, watching some Kings basketball. And then we will be doing post-game live at Punchbowl Social just across the way. So make sure you guys join us. We're going to be doing some giveaways. And uh, we're just going to be having fun and hopefully celebrating some victories. All good keys to the game, Calvin. But your keys are meaningless if the Kings don't show up with effort, with enthusiasm. Oh, I thought you were going to say if they don't score more points than the Timberwolves. <laughs> Willingness to play. <laughs> and yes, of course, scoring <laughs> more points than the other team. Oh, it could be worse, Calvin. You know, the Kings wrapped up this schedule here. They were able to beat the Nets. They beat the Thunder tonight. Two games coming up against the Timberwolves. Then we have the Wizards. And then it gets a little bit tougher. You got the Nets again. You got the Bulls. Two games against the Nuggets. Oh, man. What a but rough That's also couple. prime tank time. Yeah. What a rough couple weeks. Post trade deadline. 
Yeah, what is our last game here, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we got the ninth is the last game before yeah. the trade deadline. Yeah. And then the 12th, do they officially start the tank? Or do they make a big move and officially start the push towards the playoffs? You want to make a prediction on these two games? On the Timberwolves games? Yeah. Man. I'd, I'd wait, wait, like wait, to you say, say... Before you say anything, can we agree that they're probably going to win one and lose one? That's what I was going to say. Okay. Yeah. Let's make a little wager here. You choose one game that you think they're going to win. I'll take the other one. And uh, let's wager a bar tab on it. A bar tab? Yeah. A whole bar tab? Yeah. Man. I could get pricey. <laughs> uh, I'll take I'll take Wednesday. Wednesday? Yeah. The 9th. The 9th. When we're courtside. Yes. Okay. You guys heard that. The Kings went on the 9th. I'm paying the bar tab. If they went on the 8th, Calvin's paying the bar tab. What if they win if both they, nights? I was going to say, what if they lose both nights? <laughs> or if they lose both <laughs> nights. Is it a wash or Vinny's paying the bar tab? Vin, Vinny Squatch is paying the bar tab. <laughs> oh, I guess we can call it a wash then, but who knows? Central Valley King, 500 bucks. Yeah, that's usually what our bar tabs are on a, on a week night. <laughs> yeah. W-E-A-K night. 28 points combined in the two games. Wow. I, Charlie, I'll wager you that Anthony Edwards averages more points than D'Angelo Russell does in these two games. Are the Blazers tanking? Now, I, I it looks like it. After oh, the, the Blazers trade, are tanking. After the trade they just made, man, the, the Kings should have jumped in that deal. Like, seriously, I love Robert Covington. But... At the same time, does he help us achieve what we're trying to achieve at the moment? And I no, don't even he, know what that is. Is that playoffs? Is that a top pick? I don't even know. Robert Covington is a – he's like Harrison Barnes. He's a really good role player on a contending team. They traded two first-round picks for him. And they got Eric yeah. Bledsoe, who's a free agent at the end of the season, and basically a second-round pick in, in Kenyon Johnson or whatever. Pretty, yeah. pretty Keon wild. Keon Johnson. Keon Johnson, yes. All right, Calvin. Another win tonight, which I'm happy about. It's the Thunder, but it's okay. We won. But uh, I think I'm ready to wrap up the show. Yeah, I think so. We're on to Sacramento. We'll be on a plane tomorrow night. Yeah, last show here in Maui until, uh, what, the 12th against the Wizards? Yep. Please hit that like button down below. Please hit that subscribe button. We will be leaving. Uh, we're taking the red eye Sunday night. So we will be in Davis and Sacramento on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. We'll be going to both games. We'll be doing lives after them. And then we're headed back here on Thursday. So please come catch up with us. Have a beer with us. Take a photo with us. Just have fun. We just want to enjoy Kings basketball. Yeah, Bryce, we'll hit you up. We want to enjoy you guys as fans. And uh, we'd love to meet you all in person so that we know who we're talking to because, honestly, I'm excited when I come here, when I get on stage, when I'm here to interact with you guys. There's not a lot of Kings fans where I live, so I love being here for you guys. 
All right, guys, have a wonderful evening. Thank you so much for joining us on another episode of the podcast. Uh, anything last you'd like to say, Cal? Looking forward to seeing all your bright, smiling faces in Sacramento. <laughs> all right, guys, have a good night. Go Kings. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the King of Sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.